0: Welcome, friends. This is Worship God, the podcast that helps worship leaders and worshipers think about gospel-shaped worship, how to lead it, how to love the church. I'm Jody Cross, and with me is Rob Brockman and Pat Sabell. Hey, guys. Hey, Jody. Love doing this with you guys. Thanks for being here today. This is um, a wonderful episode. We're going to talk today about bringing people on the team and when you have to have those difficult conversations. Specifically, when someone comes on the team and the answer to the question is... No. Those are not easy. Uh, I think that when people come to the church and they want to be part of the team, it's always an exciting thing because usually we're looking for people. We look for people. We want people. We want to grow people up. But with that open door and that willingness to uh, welcome new people also gives us the opportunity to have to say no to those with some of those people as well. So those are not easy conversations. And uh, probably many of you who are leading teams or or in charge of audition process or overseeing worship ministries in a local church have had to have that conversation. Maybe it hasn't gone well. Maybe it's gone well. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what your experience was, but that's what we're going to talk about today. So when someone comes to you, Rob, I'm going to start with you. Uh, someone comes to you, knocks on your door, says, Hey, Pastor Rob, I'd like to be part of the worship team. Obviously, the answer is either going to be eventually a yes, a not now or a no. Yeah. Tell me about uh, the challenges of even sorting through that. And what are you looking for to help understand whether it's a, a yes, a not now or a no?
1: Yeah, I think um, the first thing that I need to always remind myself, um, because sometimes I can think like a musician first. That, and not a pastor first. <laughs> so I've got to kind of remind myself that this person isn't just um, a skill to be harnessed. You know, they're not just, how can I get a, a guitar player from this? Like, how can I just use their skills? You know, I think of Ezekiel 34, where God is just hammering the shepherds of Israel. And it says, because they were consuming the flock, they were eating them. They were eating, consuming the sheep for their own selfish gain. He's like, Hey, you're not supposed to eat the sheep. You're supposed to guard the sheep. You're supposed to care for the sheep. And so for me, I know I've got to wrestle that instinct off, off the top. Really, ultimately what I'm looking for is I want to, I want to identify skill, but I really want to more identify kind of spiritual where where are they at in their walk with Christ? Is there a love for a Lord there and um, a heart to serve a humility I think those are some pretty key things. Um, sometimes I got a great skillful person, um, but if they're lacking in those two things, I've just experienced, and I'm sure you guys have experienced over the years, just the, the, the headache that that can become when somebody doesn't have a heart for Jesus and doesn't have humility, but they got talent. That, that can be a huge problem. And um, so I think that those are the, the key things as I sit down with somebody and I talk to them. I'm really asking, Hey, so just tell me about your, your walk with Jesus. Like, tell me about your relationship with the Lord. Uh, Tell me, and I'm trying to get at some of those things, some of those humility things, some of those heart things right off the bat. And if I don't see those, um, then I'm tempted to want to say not yet. Certainly not yet. Um, And not drop the ball yet. Like we'll talk about just not kind of abandon them at that point but maybe put the hold on things and say, maybe we need to have a longer conversation if I'm not sensing that kind of love for Jesus and humility, because those are, those are key when you're on worship.
0: Yeah. And there are a number of categories you've just even mentioned. There's the skill piece. We call it competency, character piece, the humility piece you talked about, obviously is someone know the Lord, are their motives in the right spot because they're doing this because they want to serve and love Jesus Christ and love his people. And then, what I would even add to that is the chemistry piece. Yeah. Do they do they get along with with people? You know, can they work in a team? Will they submit to the leadership? And there's a lot that you're looking for to help understand whether or not this is going to be a good fit on every one of those levels. Pat, have you I'm gonna put you on the spot here, have you said yes to anybody in your ministry that you look back and go, you know what, that probably wasn't the best decision. I probably should have had a not now or a no
2: and we want names pat no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, i think the early days of church planting uh <clears throat> planted a church in 1998 and uh you know pretty much if you if you could hold an instrument i was interested uh, and I, I just to church planters listening listening in right now um just a word i would say to to be super cautious guard against your own heart and your desire to just find people because you're desperate. Um, because it's really easy to give someone a position. It's very difficult to take it back and to, to remove that them from that position. Um, and so early on, um, w- one instance, uh, I, I had a guy come and and played bass. He was playing bass and, uh, uh, I I wasn't really sure about, you know, everything to do with his life, what was going on. We didn't have some of the hard conversations. And <clears throat> one morning he said to me, uh, I don't think I should be playing this morning. I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, yeah, I, that's probably a wise idea. Why don't you take a break? And anyways, that really helped me lay some, some, uh, some really good uh, kind of you know lay some groundwork some foundations of how we were going to do things early on and um, you know I think it's vitally important that when someone's coming through your door um, uh, this happens to me all the time I'm sure it does to you guys as well someone's new in your church and they come up and they go oh the music was so great this morning I'm a drummer um, and I, I really want to come to this church when could I play Um, and uh, typically I'll say, hey, what's your name, Jack? Jack, (laughs) it's so great that you are here this morning, and you're so great that you're a drummer, and oh my, I always need drummers. But I said, uh, I'll say something like this. Uh, I'm I'm more concerned with the process than I am in making you a a drummer because James 3.1 tells me that because I'm a pastor, there's a stricter judgment coming to me. And, and I, want to, I want to care for your soul more than I just, I said, there's a lot of churches where you could go tomorrow and they would probably put you on the worship team and let you drum right away. But here, I want, I want to start with caring for you and, and getting to know you and make sure. So, so there's a process. We do the new members class. We walk through them with that. You know, the things that we do to make sure by the time Jack actually auditions and gets on the worship team, there's a real sense where I know Jack, I've walked with Jack, I've gone for coffee three or four times with Jack, and I know Jack loves Jesus, and he's going to be a great contributor on the team. That took a, a, a few of those early days of letting the guy be stoned playing bass guitar to get to that place, but I, I would say to, to the small church, uh, just be careful. You're, you're desperate, you need musicians, but, but be wise in the way that and and um, and and sometimes saying no is the best thing you can do. Mm.
0: Rob, in your setting, do you have a formalized audition process?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's a formalized audition process. For me, will look like first a conversation, um, just talking, getting to know the person. Um, t- typically, these are people that I know already in the church. Um, they have been engaged they so i'm uh, it's rare i just i can't even remember the last time like a new guy showed up to the church and wanted to to get on board typically people in my church come for like a year two years and Mm. it's actually harder in my church i find just to get people on board um that's just our culture so typically i'm hunting after people um and at that point uh one of the things that i have is i'd like to see them in small group i'd like to see them part of a a confessing body of believers centered around the word. And um, so to me, I will go through, I'll I'll ensure that some of these blocks are in place. And if I'm not ready to incorporate that person on the team, well, they're in a prime position. Um, Either if they haven't been in a small group, I'll tell them, look, you got to be in a small group. If you want to serve, let's get you in a group. And then there's a place for me to keep an eye on them, watch them grow and see them mature. Or if I don't feel like they're ready and there's some heart issues, well, them being in a group, where they're in the scriptures daily with other believers is the best place for them. And so, and then, yeah, like I have a very, it's, I do the same thing. So if it's standardized, I do the same thing um, that I I like doing um, each time, but it's not like a, it's not written down somewhere, but it's, it's how I do things. And we had just have a standard of how we expect people to live. They're in the word, they're in small group, they're living as examples. And then we, we, I would consider them for the team.
0: Okay. So I think we've all, we've all said yes when we should have said no. We've all gone too fast when we should have been slower and more methodical. And uh, we've lived to learn the hard way what not to do. So we find ourselves in a place where we've got somebody and either there's a character piece that's missing, a competency piece that's missing, something that, that we've determined objectively. It's, it's also a subjective thing sometimes. It's, you know, a, a sensing the heart. Sometimes those things are harder to discern, but you you can discern them. So you've come to the spot where you, as a leader in a church, are convinced that you should say no to this, this person. So let's talk about that. That's so what we want to get down to today. Something's happened. Someone said, I want to do this. We've talked about the fact you brought out from Ezekiel 34, just this whole idea of love that, the the process of discipling their soul and guiding their journey is more important than whether they are on the team or not. And that probably for a lot of people is going to be a very different discussion because they're coming on thinking, I want to play guitar. Will they let me on? Mm-hmm. We're thinking, I'm thinking, how's God gifted you? Where are you at spiritually? And how can we help you in your journey of discipleship to be faithful to the Lord and faithful to use your gifting? That's that's what I'm thinking. So Let's talk about how we approach these hard conversations the the methodology of it, some of the words, because probably there's somebody watching that wishes they could have had this information, or maybe they've got a conversation coming up. How do you say no? Pat. Oh, oh
2: man. I mean, I think again, it's laying good foundations. you know, typically my worship teams in my churches, and this this wasn't original to me, it was original to a guy named John Payne, a friend of mine and in the States who was worked with myself and Bob Coughlin, but John Payne at his church in Arizona used to fire his entire worship team annually. And so every year at a certain date, they would get an email saying in two weeks, you're officially no longer a part of the worship team. And then you basically need to pray for the next couple of weeks. I'll play acoustic guitar on Sunday. And then you can send me email, meet me for coffee and just say, Hey, uh, the reason why he did, there's a couple of reasons. I think, I think fresh faith is vitally important and often people are finding their identity, not in Christ, but in the fact that they're the bass player at, at such and such a church or I'm the keyboardist. I've always been the keyboardist. And so, if we, if we start by uh, you know everybody holding uh, the gift of being on the worship team loosely and not like this, uh, that's a great thing. when you when you lay that foundation early on, <clears throat> you know I've had some holy moments where someone in my in my worship team that was maybe like a, a, what I might consider a C type singer uh, you know she emailed me one time and said pat, thanks for for doing this for firing us annually it gives me time to pray and think about um, you know my family should I serve in there? Is my husband uh, suffering because I'm serving uh, and you know like it, so it was really helpful but she but I watched her one Sunday worship just in the in in the congregation with her hands lifted just passionately loving Jesus and she was a worshiper whether she was on the stage when she whether she was on the worship team or she wasn't um, and she said, you know, I, I, I'm happy to come back, but if, if there's someone who could do a, a, a better job, um, I'm also happy to, to serve somewhere else. Um, and, and what happened, I think, o- over uh, two, three years where we were, um, you know, constantly a once a month worship team meeting with big view of God and accurate view of ourselves, Uh, helping people understand that. I think there was a healthy diet in the church, a big view of God, a right view of ourselves. Um, So helping people long before we ever get to that, they ever get to us for an audition uh, to already have their heart postured and ready to not think necessarily that, oh, my identity is wrapped up in this. Because saying no to somebody who really, really is convinced that they should be on the team uh is the difficulty, but w- where did that really, really being convinced that they should be on the team come from? And um and and Jesus is after our hearts. He's that's that's what he's after. <laughs> and so sometimes he's gonna use things uh to to bring us to that place. And um th- these they're never uh, easy conversations. As a matter of fact, they're always difficult conversations, but I want to lay the groundwork. I, w- <clears throat> I want to model it first and foremost to my worship team. I want to model it to my church that I'm a man under authority, that I'm someone who is who is needing to receive input and correction, That I, that I don't see things as well as I should. And so I need brothers and sisters in my life to speak into my life. That that helps me when someone's coming through the door. Uh, I just auditioned a, a young lady recently at Midtown and she, uh, I, I had to say no. Um, and, and she sent me a text back a few hours later and said, thank you for being so gracious. Um, but I think it was a combination of a couple times that we met where I laid the foundations of, Hey, guess what? <laughs> Jesus is great and he's big and I'm small. And the fact that he would ever call me to, to, to whatever place in his body to serve. Uh, I just want to do that. And, and if it's not on the worship team, uh, yeah, I think we've created this thing sometimes that the worship team is, is the be all and end all. And so if you're not there, you haven't arrived. Hmm. And so, um, I'm talking way too much, but there you go.
0: Well, that's a, that's a good story and a, a great ending to a hard conversation. First Peter 4, I love these verses, and I think it, it speaks to the fact that our goal, my, my thought with people that I'm talking with is, First Peter, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Yeah. And one of the discussions I have with people is to say God has gifted you. God has given you gifts and abilities and passions and talents. Let's talk about that together. And part of you talking about framing it and laying a foundation, part of what I do is to say, even at the beginning, that this discussion isn't whether you should play guitar on the worship team. It's more discovering your passion, your heartbeat, and how God has has gifted you and where best the church has a need that you can fill, that you can serve, and be fruitful in terms of what God's calling you to do. And I, and I think that's not a cop out. I think that's really, that's really an important thing to talk about because it may not be guitar on Sunday morning. Maybe it's music in kids ministry, or maybe it's serving food to the homeless or teaching in youth, youth ministry. To help people understand that, and I think you're right what you said, Pat, just about there's a bit of a celebrity culture about you know the platform is it, and it's really cool to be on the worship team. And if you're a musician, like that's where I gotta go that's where i get my identity from and we do need to uh to change that way of thinking yeah. rob i have a question for you if i can ask you this one so if someone comes to you how do you know when you're looking at somebody if they are musically good enough is there a sort of a standard or you know how do you how do you determine whether someone's good enough to play musically what what criteria do you use for that
1: Yeah, and I think, again, we need to be careful that our criteria is not um, stained by sin. There are bad criteria, unfair criteria, and and then good godly criteria. And I think that it's important. Like, even when we talk about, so this idea of excellence, I think, is a good criteria. Okay, we, we need to bring excellence, but excellence does not mean professionalism. Um, excellence simply means, am I doing everything that I, am I bringing everything that I can within my ability and my abilities to grow? And, and am I, am I doing everything that I can to, to, to serve the Lord, uh, to do everything unto the Lord. And so is my heart going to be all this in this? Am I going to do my best before God? And if somebody is bringing their heart, they love Jesus. They're bringing their best and maybe they're just not as clean on some of their riffs now and maybe hey you guys may even disagree with me on this this is where i stand i'm willing to take somebody who's a bit less proficient and to incorporate them maybe put them on well, let's say we're talking about a guitarist okay maybe we'll hold off on the riffs for now but I, I, i'm gonna have you doing some more simple kind of background cording that can really help flesh out the song i gotta be start being creative um If somebody has come, the Lord has given me a resource for his church, I don't want to just be very quick to dismiss them because they're not quite professional enough, professional sounding. Like I think of 1 Corinthians 12, 7, where it says, To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good, right? Uh, Greg Ogden in his book, Unfinished Business, it's actually a really good book about this. It's about um, returning the ministry to the people of God, um, says this gifts are communal property. They're, they're given to be given away. And part of my responsibility before God, like Pat was talking about is that if this person has gifts that the Lord wants to use in his church, and I strong arm them because I just have personal preferences and I'm not ultimately concerned about them, them using their gifts to serve the body, then I'm actually kind of withholding good. I'm withholding good from the common good because of that. So I really need to make sure that my standards are not so lofty that only paid musicians can accomplish them. I also like saying no, isn't the hardest thing in this conversation. I find like a lot of people just want an easy, well, how do I have say no to somebody? Like you said, Pat, it's going to be hard, but you're a leader. This is your role. It's going to be hard to do that. I think what's harder is taking somebody who's not quite there and then discipling, walking alongside them, being willing to help them grow, that takes way, that's way more exertion than having just one conversation and telling somebody, "Yeah, I don't really think you're there yet. Let's let's revisit this in six months, do this, do this. I find that kind of easy. What's a lot harder is to walk alongside people and to be willing to adapt because this person has a gift that God has given. For the church, and so that's where I need to just kind of check myself and go, Hey, if they can't do what the album does, then they're not, they're not going to cut it. It's like, Well, maybe, maybe I need to evaluate my standards and make sure that they're godly things, godly standards. I don't know what you guys think about that, maybe you disagree, but I would tend to, if, if the person's got the heart and got the you know, the passion, but the skills a little lacking. The excellence is, the desire for excellence is there, but maybe the professionalism isn't there. I think I'm, I'm more inclined to want to work with them and adjust my standards uh, to an extent because of the common good.
0: Yeah, you've got my vote on that. Uh, I completely concur, right? If, if the um, if the character piece is there, the teachability is there, desires there, the skill can be, improved upon, I think that's, you've got the, the right things to build on. One of the things I've used before as a, as a standard is to say that someone who wants to play needs to play at the level the team is playing at or or higher. If if they're not playing at the level of the team, generally, you know, if you don't know your chords or if, if you're not able to, to keep rhythm on drums or keep timing, then that's not gonna be helpful for you as an individual. It's not gonna be helpful for the team. You're not adding, doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to be used somewhere else in the church or, and that's maybe in the, the not yet category, you know, maybe there's room for development, working with a metronome, those kind of things get some lessons, but that's, that's a quick criteria that I use to evaluate someone's musical fitness for the role.
1: And just, just like, just an example of that. I had a years and years ago, I had a guy who had joined trying to try to get on drums and like within 20 minutes, it was clear that he was way out of his depth. He could not, he kept going off. He was soloing too much, losing the click, distracting everybody, couldn't stay on time. And um, there was just a clear, like you only really get that when you put them on the team in a rehearsal exp- environment. Like if you just play with somebody in your room, typically they can kind of follow along with you. But then when you put them on a big band, those sorts of things kind of, kind of get drawn out. So I think that is another Kind of great way to try somebody is you got to have like a rehearsal process that's not sunday morning that they can come out to with the team and play with them and then you get to see kind of some of those weaknesses and or strengths and kind of natural character things so that would be another thing get them on with some other musicians
0: good well so talking about what can go wrong and what can go right pat you gave us an illustration of what went right so having a hard conversation with an individual that you've said no to them, give us a couple of things that, that can go right in, in terms of what God can be doing in the midst of that with this individual.
2: Well, if we believe Romans 8, 28, we, we know that God is always working all things for, for our good and for his glory. and um, Yeah, I, I think it's vitally important that we, we, we see a person in front of us not a gift. Um, and we are, I think you guys have said all along that we're seeking to care for them. Um, and so if it has to be a, a hard no, you know, maybe it's a follow up uh, later to say, hey, how are you doing? Um, you know, just checking in on you. Um, I, th- I think it's just important that we that we care for the people in front of us. They're, they're the, the ones that Jesus shed his blood for um and so this is so much more than an audition it's so much more than um you know getting people on the worship team <laughs> this is about people being connected and as each part is doing its its work the body is being built up uh and 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 so we we want to be intentional i think just intentionality And creating a process is going to bring you to a place where people understand, ah, this is, this is the process I go through to to get on the worship team. You know, I I think, you know, some of the things that you guys were sharing of, um, you know, just having the opportunity to open up and and let, let people that maybe aren't at the level that we'd want them. uh, I I would just say, make sure there's a, there's a, a standard and there's a bar. So, you know, and if you create, if you have the bar too low in your team, and you're just accepting of anything and everything, um, it, it makes it difficult uh, down the road to raise the bar Too too many places where I go and I talk to to, to to little churches, lay people that are serving in a church, they've had, you know, little to no bar at all. And so anyone or anything can can play an instrument. Um, and And I think it's very difficult to to raise the bar, then I would just say wherever you are, say here's where we want to start. This is the level. This is a standard, and 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 bring that home to people. Communicate that to your church. Communicate it to someone long before they come into an audition. That this are these are. I send them. Uh, we have a worship team requirements. I send that out in advance, and they read through it, so mm-hmm. they know automatically that here's the, you know, the 15 things that if I'm not at least at that level. And then one last thing I would say, Jody, is uh, Harold Best's book, Music Through the Eyes of Faith, the chapter on excellence, I think it's chapter five, is a must for anybody who's doing, um, who's caring for people on their team. There it is. Rob's got it. Um, And and he defines excellence as stewardship. I'm not to try to be like someone else. I'm trying to be uh, better tomorrow than I was today. And so, if God has given you a level of gifting, maybe you're not an A musician. Maybe you're a C musician, like I, like I think I am. (laughs) Um, Then I just want to be the best C. I, I could, I could try hard. I don't think I could ever be an A musician. I don't know what it is. I like I, I, I practice and I've done music theory and those things. And my fingers just only want to do do so much. And then my son comes along and he makes me look really bad and he doesn't practice half as much he's got way more game um, and I think there's people like that but whatever God's gift gifted you with, however level of skill be the best you can be with that and and I think that I want those people on my worship team
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I don't think there's a worship leader out there a worship pastor that doesn't want those people out there so yeah
1: I think one thing I would also add maybe to to to, to this is the, the role of gentleness. And kindness again. I think we we hit on it earlier in those conversations, but um, especially in roles where we're very much focused on a, a production, you know, I think mm-hmm. we can kind of lose our bedside manner, our tact, and um, you know, I think as a shepherd, you know, there's a model in scripture. I was reading a. Isaiah 40, 11, which says, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs into his arms. He will carry them into his bosom and gently lead those that are with his young. There's a tenderness and a gentleness that we need to have with everyone. And I think we need to keep that in mind. And especially when we're having these conversations, That te- that tenderness and gentleness can be huge. Because if somebody can feel your heart, and you're saying no to them, but you're saying no in a loving, kind, and generous way. And especially if it's more than just getting them on the team. What if you, like we haven't even talked about, what if they just don't fit on worship, but they fit somewhere else? What role do I have to play in redirecting? And I, I think there's like, it's not just that we... Um, Like, I think there are a few things that we need to do. We need to kind of rescue sheep. We need to pluck them out of their pride if they have some. And we got to go, oh, maybe you shouldn't be on the team. I got to rescue you from this. Maybe we need to raise up. We need to train and equip. But sometimes we need to redirect. And we just got to kind of hand them over. You know, you'd make a great, you know, this person. Or we got a ministry here for you. And that kind of kindness and gentleness and leadership, I think, is essential um, for that and this as well.
0: Yeah, I see that as a host. You know, in the foyer, someone comes in and you say, oh. Tell me about yourself. You say, let me take you over here. I want to introduce you to somebody. Yeah. In a sense, you're you're walking with them away from the, the door to the, the stage. And you're taking them downstairs to the kids' ministry and say, I want you to meet Sally. Because I think you two really would hit it off together and be able to share some good giftings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this can go really, really well. We've talked a lot about growth, humility. We've talked about patience. And sometimes the no for people is just that they need to invest in their craft more and, or maybe it's, it's the wrong motivation when it goes well and right. It's a beautiful thing because it's body life. It's the one and others of the scriptures. When it, when it doesn't go well, when someone's pride is hurt, when their feelings are hurt, when they're disappointed, when they get angry and and those things happen, Mm -hmm. let's just pray and hope that it in future conversations, that it's not because of our lack of sensitivity and gentleness. And I think we should even pray in advance of these hard conversations that they will be teachable and that they'll be humble in receiving this information as your friend, Pat, who responded with a really positive text. You know, some, some people probably in the extreme solutions will say, you don't want me on the worship team. Fine. I'm done. I'm out of here. Right. And, and that, that is not hypothetical. That's, Mm -hmm. that happens. And, uh, if that's the case, and we've done as good of a job as shepherding them as we can, obviously that's revealed a much deeper heart issue that probably we saw a bit of anyway somewhere in the process. The um, it's a beautiful picture of pastoring and shepherding and being gentle and leading people. And I'm just reminded, even uh, we're going to close this up in a second, but even of bringing young people—that's a whole other discussion. Someone who's 16 years old, who's very nervous, and you either think they've got some skill or they've come up desiring and in that moment you know in some ways we have the rest of their life in our hands as we make a decision about them and and maybe we can have a future podcast on dealing with young people and young musicians because that's that's a whole different world you know you sometimes someone walks into youth group and they're going to walk in once and they look around the room if they're rejected they're not going back they write this group off they write the the kids off they write sometimes even got off just because of a bad experience and we want to make sure even with our young people that if we have to say no or not yet you know that we we are very very wise and discerning about how to deal with those people as well well this um, may in fact lead us to to talk about related issues in upcoming podcasts the audition process an example working with with young people which i absolutely love investing in young leaders and i know you guys do as well yeah. So everybody, thanks for watching. Hopefully this has been helpful in terms of challenging you and giving you some, some uh, ideas. The final thing I want to say, and maybe we'll give one sentence each because I need one more. <laughs> I'll give you guys one more. Is one tip that I would say is when you're doing this audition process, do it with somebody else. So it's not, I'm telling you this, this is me against you. Mm-hmm. I like to use we language. I like to have a second set of ears, a second set of eyes helping me discern. And then shepherding this individual uh, as a team, so you know, two on one, in a kind of an affirming way, even when we say no. Uh, last bit of advice, Rob, Pat.
1: I would say, you know, ask them permission to be real. Uh, give, ask them to give you permission to be, um, yeah, to be a pastor to them, and to grant you that openness that you can speak in and challenge things. Uh, that that can help, That can work really well. Excellent.
2: Uh, I would. I was going to say what Jody said. I think it's really important to have an, another person in the room. Um, so it's not not you against them. I've had those and they don't go well sometimes. Um, so that, that third person is able to. Mm. But, but preference has a lot to do with things. And I, I tell people that I say, you know, uh, God's called me to lead this ministry and I'm. I have a, I have a, a certain bent in the way that I will do things that you might not prefer. And, you know, and unfortunately, that's how it is sometimes. Um, but having that other person in the room in the end is, is really helpful. Yeah.
0: And I was going to say, if you're auditioning someone who's of the opposite gender, then it's helpful to have, you know, someone of that gender as well. So if it's a, a lady that's with you, it's nice to have a lady with you in the room to understand to speak to be there to support her in that way well guys thanks for great thoughts today and uh, thanks to tgc canada for hosting this for uh, allowing us to do this we hope you're encouraged we'll see you next time